Welcome to a brand new episode of Welcome Home. This podcast is brought to you by H6 Homes in Orlando, Florida. Tune in to hear Alex and Eric, the real estate pros, as they bring all of the knowledge you need to know when buying and selling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the H6 Homes Welcome Home Podcast. My name is Eric Mieles. I am joined today, always, my business partner, friend, uh, again, so many titles, Alex, but Alex Vasquez. I like when he goes through all the titles. <laughs> yeah, how you doing, Eric? I'm doing fantastic. And uh, Brianna Bradley, uh, H6 Homes partner, uh, agent extraordinaire. She did so good on the last episode. We asked her to stay around and help us with this episode. Thanks, guys, for having me. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, definitely. So, Alex, what do we got today? Man, we've got a, a seller side show now, right? So... The last show, we talked about a little bit of uh, investing and buyer issues. And in this show, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the seller side and the market myth, right? This this portion of our, our show really talks about what people out there think or perceive about certain topics. And so today, we're going to ask you guys, and I want your opinion, is the seller or is the buyer, I should say, allowed to access the home do they really own the home although they've signed the documents right at closing documents have been signed do they at that point own the home and have full range and access to the property so i'll go first if you don't mind um my opinion is of course so you sign the documents that's awesome we're at the end of the process we're almost there but no we don't own the home we have to go through the process of getting funded, meaning the lender has given the money for that purchase and approved your loan for us to officially own. We cannot share keys until that's done and completed because there are a couple issues that can arrive, which I know we'll probably allow, elaborate a little further, but we do not own the home until it's funded. Documents have all been signed. It's been processed, and then we can exchange keys at that point. Great answer, Brian. I don't even think we need Eric's answer because you, you, <laughs> you just answered it. Well, I sh- maybe I shouldn't be on the show anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, Eric, do you agree or do you have any other uh, 150%. Absolutely. So this is a topic that um, – or this is something that happens quite often. I don't think people realize. For some reason in our industry, it's – I don't know if it's customary or agents just tend to do it this way, but they tend to book closings for Fridays. <laughs> it's something that happens so often. Yeah. And so people book their closing for a Friday or a Friday afternoon, and exactly what Brianna said happens, right? It's 3 o'clock. Everybody signed. However, those documents, for people that don't know what the process really is, those closing documents that are signed, a portion of those documents have to go back to the lender if this is a finance deal. If it's a cash deal and the funds have been transferred, a little bit easier. But if it is a finance deal through a lender – certain documents need to go back to the lender to be approved. If they are approved, then what happens is the lender releases the funds through a funding number, which allows the title company to then disperse all the funds to all of the parties. At that point, then does the buyer now officially, officially own the home. Correct. And so I think there's a misconception out there that just because I signed the documents, now it's my house. I get the keys and I can do whatever I want. And that's very far from the truth. And so what happens is these closings that happen Friday afternoon may not get that funding number or authorization number to disperse until after 4 o'clock when most times it's too late for the weekend. Funding can't happen because wires can't go out 
and now they're, we're, we're in this limbo stage, right? And so this can cause some stress and tension on the transaction because the buyer wants to access the property and now they can't and now it's Friday and now they have to wait till Monday. The seller wants his funds because a couple of reasons, right? May want to go close on another home, may be leaving the country, leaving town, whatever the case may be. And so we as agents need to be conscious of this issue that arises far too often and prepare ourselves accordingly to make sure that this does not happen. And, um, we, and we do. We run into it a lot. All the time. You know, and so the goal is obviously if we can try to not schedule it for Friday, we will. If it has to happen, we try to advise the clients to, number one, try to wire the funds the day before, which mm-hmm. would be our closing costs that are associated with the transaction. Um, and then also if we're able to aim for earlier closing. If not, we do have that risk, and we have to explain to them that it can't be accessed until we have that full approval and it's something that we have to address. Yeah, I address every time I get a contract that the closing date is Friday, I always address that because it, it tends to be an issue on a Friday closing. Um, I, I'd rather close on a Wednesday or a Thursday, you know, any other day. That way, should something happen at 4 p.m., we can work the next day and get it resolved. Exactly. Um, Eric, why don't you share with us um, maybe your thoughts on this and maybe some of the things as to why, because a buyer may say, well, what's the big deal? You know, I signed my papers. Why can't I have access? What are some of the things you think may be issues that could happen over the weekend? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, this this hits close to home because I just ran into this situation last week. Um, there was a, a buyer on the other side of the transaction that wasn't fully understanding this um, in depth and the reasons why they don't officially own the home the moment they sign documents on a Friday evening. And so um, there's a number of things that can go wrong. First and foremost, if the buyer's expectations were off, typically on a Friday closing, the buyer is banking on the fact that they'll have the weekend to move in. And when people have planned a move-in, usually they're using movers, they have utilities scheduled, cable coming, a whole slew of services that um, when they realize that it won't fund, turns them into a tailspin because now they've got to reverse all of those reservations, all of the work they did to time this move-in, and who knows what they have planned the next week and how they can get into the house at that time with all these movers. That's number one, right? So it could be a disaster. Um, Number two, on the seller side, uh, it can throw off their timing. Again, Alex touched on if they are uh, selling their home and also buying one, and if those funds don't get finally dispersed to all parties for an official closing, well, then the seller of the home that they're buying was expecting it to close, and it could cause, obviously, an issue because that party can now be out of contract, technically, right? right? right. Um, you know, a third thing that can happen is if, and I don't know if you're going to go down this route, Alex, but if either party compromises and one party demands that they stay in the property prior to that funding authorization that's going to happen Monday, well, then there's a liability standpoint that Correct. can occur for either party. And that's a whole other, uh, you, you know what I mean, uh, 
trouble uh, that can ensue and um, and be problematic. So, you know, there's all these things uh, that is a fine line between success and a disaster on a Friday afternoon closing where both parties are banking on this closing that Friday and it has to carry over to Monday. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you guys said. I do want to talk about that. Should something happen, liability is a big factor. Um, the few times that this has happened that we have allowed a buyer to actually move in over the weekend um, and take possession of the property before funding happens that following Monday, um, I always advise my seller, do not cancel your insurance. Um, do not. Because should something happen, you have to have some type of protection. Although, should something happen, that would be maybe something the insurance company would kick back and say, well... Technically, you sign the documents on Friday. So I'd like to maybe in a future episode get some legal parameters around that. However, I always tell the seller, if you're going to do this, you cannot cancel your insurance today. You have to leave it through Monday. Yeah, that, real quick, that's a good point. I'd love to, to, to get an insurance agent to, yeah. to confirm because technically when you go to closing on Friday in this example, your insurance policy is binded. Correct. Mm -hmm. And so technically it's binded even though that deal hasn't officially closed. Funded. Yeah. Exactly. Your insurance policy is intact. And so I, I'd really like to open up the question because it'd be interesting. God forbid something happened over that weekend. Who's, who's responsible? Liable. Exactly. You know, who's liable there? It's a know? huge gray area. It really is. I mean, there's a lot that can happen from Friday to Monday. And yeah. God forbid it doesn't fund for some reason. And there's some error on the documents. Now the buyer's moved in. How are we going to get them out? Who owns it at that point? And right. what else is involved? So yeah. it's a lot to consider with Friday closings. The Welcome Home Podcast is sponsored by H6 Homes, innovative thought leaders in the residential real estate industry. Check out h6homes.com to learn more. Yeah, absolutely. Close on Wednesdays, guys. <laughs> Close on. Monday, give us four days. Definitely putting that into practice. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Great topic. Um, it kind of actually flows into our, our topic of the day, right? So that was the myth. Let's talk about when the seller moves out, right? Okay. What condition is the, the home to expected to be in from a buyer, right? Um, when are they supposed to be totally vacated from the property of all their possessions? And how are they supposed to leave the property to the buyer? <laughs> uh, whoever wants to go first. I'm going to let Brianna go first. Okay, okay. <laughs> we run into this a lot. You know, as a buyer, when we're showing the property, it's in a certain condition. And it's expected that if we get into an agreement and both parties agree to purchase and sell this property, that it's going to be maintained at the level that we saw it at originally. So even though it's under contract, a seller is responsible for keeping the upkeep of the property, right. the AC still on, the lawn maintenance, the condition of it. If they're moving out of the property prior to closing and they damage a wall that's expected to be addressed because as a buyer there's no responsibility on them to fix a property they don't own yet and so that leads into a direct connection of why we do final walkthroughs on the property prior to closing we usually like to schedule it the day before so that way we can check the unit to make sure the condition's there if we're in agreement we move forward if there's something there that has not been addressed we will have to address it prior to closing and if the seller is not willing to, well, then the buyer can halt the closing because it should be in that condition. They're expected to maintain it that way. So let me ask you before Eric goes, you said you, you schedule your walkthrough the day before closing, right? So what if, what if the seller's still occupying the residence? Because technically they have until 
the actual closing time to vacate the property, right? Um, hopefully, and most of the time, the seller does vacate that day or days prior. However, there are circumstances that change sometimes, yep. and the seller has until, let's just say, 5 p.m. on hopefully a Wednesday, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's 4.30, and your buyer goes to do the walkthrough, and they still have items in the house. What happens? It's a tough situation. It's tough. We can walk it to the best of our ability to get an idea, but once they move out, they still need to be addressed if there is any damages done. For example, if they're taking off the rods on the wall, are they resealing it to make sure after they leave that it looks the same? We would have to come to some sort of agreement or we'd have to halt closing if we haven't had a walkthrough done. There is times where we'll have a post-occupancy, which is they agreed to let the seller stay for a couple days after. Mm -hmm. That can cause issues if it's not very clear. And so whenever we allow those to happen and the seller is comfortable with it, all parties should be there at the final walk after closing and before closing. Mm -hmm. And we should have some sort of documentation or agreement written out to what is expected. So I want to share something. Um, I had a learning lesson occur and... um, I'm proud of that in the sense of you always want to be learning. The moment we get complacent and stagnant, um, we're not doing the best to educate, inform, and bring forth our services to our clients. So had a learning lesson. It was, in my opinion, it was sort of known in the industry, this term, quote unquote, broom swept clean. Correct. I was going to go. That was mm-hmm. the term that circulated amongst agents in the industry of expectations for a home. However... From this learning lesson, I dug in to the as-is state FARBAR contract that both parties execute when doing a transaction. And nowhere in that contract was the term, at least from what I saw, under the provisions of walkthrough and inspections, the term broom swept clean. (laughs) In fact, if you guys don't mind... I will read the verbiage exactly as it states, and then we can maybe dialogue a little bit of how we interpret that. Okay, so there is a provision in the contract that specifically addresses walkthrough inspection slash reinspection, and it states on the day prior to closing date or on closing date prior. Sorry about that. Prior to time of closing, prior to time of closing, as specified by buyer, buyer or buyer's representative may perform a walkthrough and follow-up walkthrough, if necessary, inspection of the property solely to confirm that all items of personal property are on the property and to verify that seller has maintained the property as required by the as-is maintenance requirement and has met all other contractual obligations. Mm-hmm. The end. Correct. So a couple of things. No broom swept clean. Yep. <laughs> it says regarding personal property, making sure all personal property is left on the property, which would mean to me referring to all the things in the contract Correct. that were supposed to stay are there. Correct. But there's nowhere that states, in my opinion, you guys educate me if you heard differently, the seller left a pair of shoes, therefore, as a buyer, he must take those shoes out before I close. Right. Or the seller's in default, right? Tell me a little bit about your interpretation of what I just read when it comes to belongings or 
not everything fully out of the house as a buyer may quote unquote expect or was prepared by their agent. Right. So I think, and and, and just throughout our experience, there should be agreement in place. If the seller is going to leave any items for the buyer or leave any items such as shoes, is the buyer okay with that? I guess it had to be an agreement. When we're doing the final walkthrough, if the buyer is not okay with that, I mean, it should be cleared out. And the condition should be in the same condition we saw it in. Yeah, That's just my personal opinion. If there's stuff in the house, a ton of stuff when we view it, we understand they're moving to take it out. But if you're leaving a tire junk mess in the house, well, that's not vacating the entire property. And you're not giving me access to move in without me taking out your personal property, which I don't own. Right. So it, it's kind of a gray area. It is a gray area, in my opinion. I think um, this also um, happens sometimes. It is what it is, right? We try and I try to always, always educate my seller to make sure that the day of closing, you need to be vacated. And when that, what vacated means is you need to be out of the property. I do because we know in our industry, I do use broom swept, you know, make sure it's clean. There's no junk. I don't expect for my sellers to, you know, shine the bathrooms and mop the exactly. floors. Although some of my sellers do that because they want to, they have pride in their home and they're selling it and they're leaving it for someone else. That's not a requirement. However, leaving it in a condition that you would expect to receive a home is. And so I try to address those things again when we're talking about closing dates, when we're presenting the contract and the expectation of what it is to have a closing date and being vacated. Now, I will say this does come up sometimes, right? You go on a final walkthrough, there's still items in the house. And I think I think what needs to really happen is both professionals, one that represents the buyer and one that represents the seller, should act as professionals and speak and say, listen, here's the scenario. I don't have furniture in here. I've got an air mattress and a couple of odds and ends. Let's be reasonable. Allow us, you know, two hours, three hours before closing or after closing, and we'll get it out. And both parties come to an agreement if it needs to be via email um, or an addendum or whatever. I think that should happen, and there should not be a... halt in the closing because of it however um these are things that we should try and address up front so that they don't become issues because there are agents out there that are not um as professional or they may take a different stance and want to hold up the closing or act irrationally and that throws off the whole entire closing because again like we said earlier this closing may be or another closing may be contingent on this closing or services that may be contingent on the closing. And so we shouldn't have to hold up a closing over minor issues like that. If there is an issue like that, there is an availability for the title agent to have something called an escrow holdback, right? Which both parties agree and say, hey, listen, I'm scared that when you move this uh, dining room table out of here, you may scratch the wall. The sellers say, no problem. How about if I leave $1,500 in escrow? If I do damage the wall, you can take the repairs out of that should I not fix it. And then there's always a workaround. But I don't think two parties should just halt and, you know, get into a battle over something that is resolvable. Yeah, and I think it goes back to just communication like you mentioned. If you communicate everything up front or when we're at the final walkthrough, we discuss it. It can be addressed and it's small. That's fine. It's just when it's not communicated and the buyer's walking into the house to a surprise. We don't want that to happen Absolutely, either. 100%. I feel like the word here that we're all going after is solution based it's 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 becoming apparent that our our counterparts in the industry 
some people take the position of I win, you lose, right? As opposed to as consultants, how can we be solution based and find an answer to the problem to reach the greater goal for both parties, right? right. You know, exactly. and, and and that doesn't always occur, and it's out of our control, right? We, you know, sometimes the other agent on the other side of the transaction, we have no control over their style, what they've learned, how they've come up, um, what they say, right? But if we can bring forth more of this solution-based type of attitude and character, I think ultimately the community will be better served by the agent community. Um, for them reaching their goals rather than, again, this really... Um, combative. Like, combative, yeah. yeah. Combative is the word, you know. And, and and I want what I want, make it happen or else. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame. It's a yeah. shame because at the end of the day, uh, people people end up getting hurt. Um, and so it's not the, not the way that I would like to see where we're headed with our industry. But, you know, that's Absolutely. out of our control. You know? Yeah. Well, great, guys. I think uh, that was another great topic. And I think, you know, this is what the show's about. You know, we bring about these topics that are not always discussed in our industry. Um, It makes the buyers and sellers that are listening to us aware that, you know, these are items that come up. But just like Eric said, we have solutions. We've been through it. You know, we've been doing this for a long time. There's probably very few scenarios that we haven't seen or talked about or heard about or read about. And there's always a solution to getting the job done. Absolutely. And if you're trying to work towards a goal and you communicate properly, you can come up with the solution. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Alex. Great, great, great episode. Great topic. Thank Good you, start. Brianna, as always. Pleasure to uh, have you and we look forward to you coming back. Yeah, thank you guys yeah. so much once again. No I look problem. forward to the next time and I hear from you guys soon. Awesome. Let Fantastic. everyone know again yeah. how they can get a hold of you. So you guys can reach me at 407-668-3015 also on social media and also on our H6 Homes page. So reach out, feel free. Cool. Awesome. You can get a hold of me, 407-383-2189. Look me up on all the social media channels. I'd be happy to talk to you. And you can get a hold of me at 321-443-3483, social media, our team webpage. Um, yeah, any of those. Awesome. Thank right. you, guys. Really appreciate you. Thanks, Thank guys. You. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the information the H6 guys provided. To learn more about H6 Homes, visit h6homes.com and follow them on social media at h6homes.